from the 50, Midweek Edition. Hello, everybody, and welcome in on back to the From the 50 Midweek Review. This is our free agency edition. It's our offseason edition, as it always is. But t- today is like kind of like a free agency special. I'm Zach Sook. I got Nick Tolley on the ones and twos. We are brought to you by Book It Sports. And Nick, I mean, I can't even keep up with the amount of moves that have been made over the last two days. I mean, it has been absolutely insane. I know. I've been working a bunch of events at work and trying to just getting ESPN update after ESPN update of all these free agent frenzy signings. It's, it's, it's been crazy. So we're going to highlight some of the biggest ones for you. Uh, we got, so we got some quarterback stuff, not really a lot. Um, a lot of just, you know, teams signing good players. And one of my first takeaways before we get into the actual signings was I thought that, you know, the top guys were going to get paid but the mid-level guys and the lower-level guys were not, and they were going to have a tough time finding deals and that, uh, you know, these teams were going to be potentially hesitant to spend with the drop of the cap. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder uh, to, to, to make the cap fit. You know, you were thinking it was going to be, you know, two years ago, it was going to be a whole hell of a lot higher than it is, you know, $185 million, $182.5 million, whatever it is. Um, it, it, and... I think, you know, I've heard with the TV deal that it's going to be vaulted back up to like potentially 200, as high as 220 million. But I think what has really caught me off guard the first two days of free agency is just how fast everything's going. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's getting paid. You could be a rotational defensive tackle. You could be a starting running back. You could be a starting left tackle. Everybody is getting paid and everybody's up for grabs and everybody's spending their money, which to me, you know, it, it just goes to show how solid the NFL is and how solid of a place the sport is in. Um, you know, I remember back when things were kind of getting freaky with all the CTE stuff and not, not that that isn't a real thing or that that shouldn't be taken very seriously because it should. But I remember, you know, people making claims like football's not going to be around in 10 years. Football, like yep. when you're, when your kids grow up, football is not going to be an option. And you know, I, I thought that that was a possibility back in the day. I mean, everything, everything was just so in flux with the sport. But I think, you know, the, the state of the NFL, and, the, and, and again, here in free agency is the latest example of that, that this, the state of the league, the state of football is in such a good place that the, the, the NFL did not get hurt this year. I mean, yeah, the cap went down. They made less money than they thought they were going to. But they don't rely on the gate as much as the Major League Baseball does, as much as the National Basketball Association does, as long as they get the games on TV, which they didn't miss a game, which was key during the year. I mean, we talked about that on the podcast. They had to do a couple of Tuesday and Wednesday games, but they did not miss a game. They made all the uh, not all, but most of their money. And so, you know, that I think was the biggest takeaway for the first two days for me is just like, boy, these owners, and they, they're not hesitant at all. I mean, if there was a 2020 pandemic, somebody forgot to send the memo to them because everybody is spending. And I think that the biggest story out of the first day of free agency has to be Bill Belichick, right? Yeah. I mean, once you say the, the guy, I think, surpassed his spending in the last decade in free agency in a single day. And I believe... I'm going to see if I can remember all the signings off the top of my head, Nick. And you, you tell me, being a Northeast guy, if I got these right. He signed Jonu Smith. He signed Matt Judon. 
He signed Nelson Aguilar. He also today got Hunter Henry. Uh, so that he was very, very active. I think um, they I can't spent, remember the other ones. I think they spent over $200 million that first day. And Hunter Henry's deal was not even a part of that. Yeah. So because they, they added to him today. Now, here's the one thing about free agency. It, it's always, you know, a little bit of fool's gold, I think. We always talk about the teams that add in free agency. Oh, my God, they're doing so much in free agency. Oh, my God, they just added so much talent. And I think that the winner of free agency rarely wins in 2021 or, or you know, the following season. The, what, what I think free agency is all about is filling needs. Mm-hmm. And I think the middle of the market guys and the lower market guys are typically the best plays or just the solid starters finding value. I think that's more valuable than trying to sign somebody for like 60, $70 million. And, and if you notice, there wasn't much of that yesterday. There was solid players getting signed to fair deals to teams that had money that needed to improve at a position in need. And we see teams across the league, the good teams do this. And the reason you do it is so you don't have to draft based on position come, you know, the NFL draft. The NFL draft is about, you know, best player available. It's more the philosophy of, we're going to try to draft pro bowlers. We're going to try to draft all pros. We're going to try to draft cornerstones and foundational pieces of our franchise. That's not what free agency is about. Free agency is about plugging the holes and getting solid guys on the team. And, and there were a couple of teams to me that I think did a pretty good job of that. I think one of the bigger deals the day before free agency was the Aaron Jones signing for the Packers. And it's been kind of a controversial one. Uh, he, he was he signed for about twelve and a half million, I think, uh, average AAV. I heard before it's in, before incentives, it's really like nine million. And when you have the AAV of Derrick Henry at twelve and a half million, I think Dalvin Cook makes twelve and a half million, thirteen million. So I thought it was a fair deal, and I I, I thought that he was gone after this year that they would probably re-sign you know, uh, Jamal Williams to keep him around at a pretty fair, like he's not going to be an expensive free agent. I wouldn't think you can keep him around, make AJ Dillon, the workhorse back. And then off you go. Now I was elated when they signed Aaron, Aaron Jones. I didn't think it was going to happen, especially when they didn't put the franchise tag on him, but the fact that they kept him, I, I was pretty happy. And for the number I thought it as a fan, I thought it was fair. And I heard a lot of people grumbling about, Oh, what about the cat? Why'd you draft AJ Dillon? That's a total failure. And to me, I don't, I don't see the merit in that argument because now you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon who are two completely different players, but they use Jamal Williams in that offense a ton last year. They use Aaron Jones in, in the passing game a ton, and they're going to use AJ Dillon basically in a more expanded role than what Jamal Williams had last year. So I think Aaron Jones, who, if you dig into the numbers, I think he's been better than even I thought he was. I I, I read a stat, and and you know what? I'm going to try and pull it up here because it absolutely floored me just how good he has been. He was great for my fantasy team last year. So here here is just how special he's been. You know, he's always viewed, I think, as like kind of a tier two back. He's not quite Derrick Henry. He's not quite Dalvin Cook. I think a lot of that has to do with draft pedigree, right? Yeah. Like he, he was a 
day three choice out of, I believe, UTEP. I believe he was a third round draft choice out of UTEP. And Jamal Williams was a day three draft. I, I meant day three, not third round. He was drafted on day three. He and Jamal Williams were in the same draft class, both drafted on day three. And Jamal Williams out of BYU was selected ahead of Aaron Jones. And I think part of that, you know, it's not about where you start in life. Like Devontae Adams is another great example of this. Like for, for the Packers specifically, I think was a two-star recruit coming out of high school. One of his only offers was Fresno State, which is where he went. He ended up being a second-round draft choice. He is now one of the best receivers in the NFL. Like, and so I think that uh, the Aaron Jones signing, I, I, I didn't realize how good he's been. So he, he, here's, the, here's the quote that I read. Jones, 26, is, is one of two players in NFL history to post 3,000-plus rushing yards, 35-plus rushing touchdowns, with an average of five-plus yards per carry in their first four seasons. Tally, can you guess who the only other person in NFL history is to do that? No. (laughs) Jim Brown. Wow. It's only Aaron Jones and Jim Brown that have reached those marks of of 3,000. 3,000 rushing yards or, or higher, 35, I think it was, rushing touchdowns or higher. Jones has 37 rushing touchdowns, and then uh, the yards per carry. And so I, I don't think I truly realized how just how solid he's been for Green Bay. He's perfect for the zone running scheme. And I know that it complicates the cap. The cap has always been complicated, for at least in Green Bay's situation, with Aaron Rodgers and you, you pay these quarterbacks these massive salaries – whether or not it, some people are like, well, they should have signed Corey Lindsley. You need Corey Lindsley more than you need Aaron Jones. I don't disagree with that, but they weren't signing Corey Lindsley, whether or not they got Aaron Jones. Corey Lindsley signed yesterday with the LA Chargers to become the highest paid center in the NFL. They weren't re-signing him regardless. So I'm a fan of, you know, I, and I think teams should strive for this. Keeping good players is a good thing. You know, regardless of what you do in the draft. And I was a critic of the Packers draft last year. I don't know, you know, if that was really the move. I certainly wouldn't have drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. But he looks like a pretty good player. And if he's a good player, does it really matter? Like, you draft the best player available, and and the Packers clearly saw an opportunity to get a quarterback. They were not going to get an opportunity to get a quarterback this year. The quarterback class next year, I got news for you. It's really bad. Like these, these guys this year, it's it. So the the fact that they were able to get that need last year and then they were able to get the running back, you can nitpick it. But the the fact of the matter is you can't draft based on positional. And so I I thought that it was a solid signing by the Packers. I like that they gave him the extension. Yeah, I mean, you don't love paying a running back that much money, but, like, what are you going to do? He's a really good player. Keeping good players on the team is a good thing. And and so I think that with some of these guys coming back, we saw a lot of guys re-up with their current – with their former team, and I think that that's always a positive thing. I mean, unless you get handed out a stupid amount of money, which I think most teams now have been pretty smart with their cash, um, I I think it's always a good thing to retain players. Like, we saw Rob Gronkowski go back to the Bucs. One year, eight million dollars. You see the report on him today. What other team about, he was considering? No, what was it? He was going to go to Buffalo. 
is between Buffalo and Tampa. He looked and seriously considered going to the hometown Buffalo Bills, and I wish wow. he would. That would have been an electric atmosphere with him. Oh, Wait, are you so, so much fun. So, so Rob Gronk is from the Buffalo area? Yeah, he grew up in Williamsville. So how what, didn't he go to school at Arizona State? At University of Arizona. University he, of Arizona. He was a Wildcat. So, yeah, he's, he's U of A, not, not ASU. Yeah. Uh, but how the hell did he end up out there to play college football? <laughs> I have no idea, but I mean, what? A well, did, smart did move you see the, did you, the interview he did with his girlfriend, the model Camille Kostek? Yeah. So, uh, former Patriots cheerleader. He basically said that uh, he wanted to test free agency. He'd never been a free agent before. He signed the Unreal extension with New England early on in his career. Played out the entire thing, then retired. And sign and and you know signed with the Bucks, but I don't think he was ever really technically a free agent. So I, I think he wanted to to you know have that, and so he basically said he's a one year deal guy from from here on out. So I wouldn't yeah. put the I wouldn't you know shut the door <laughs> on him going to Buffalo if not obviously this year, then potentially next year. I mean, I know he's got a bad back, so jumping through a table might not be great for him. But what a way like he announces his retirement after a year or two with the bills by jumping through a table. <laughs> uh, one, one of the more, you know, outrageous contracts I, I did see um, was uh, some of these guys that, that did, you know, stay uh, Romeo Okwara with the lions signed for three years and 35 million to stay in, in Detroit uh, in LA Leonard Floyd signed a massive four year, $64 million extension to play uh, with the Rams. His career got back on track, was never really what Chicago had hoped he was going to be. Solid player, but uh, not really what they had hoped he was going to be, you know, coming out of the draft in University of Georgia. So I thought that was the only one maybe that was a little rich. Like, I thought the Romeo Aguara one, that was a good signing by the Lions. I, I thought Floyd, like I said, like I mentioned, just was a little too rich for, ma- for my taste. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you could, you could criticize it too much. Um some of the other uh, deals that went down yesterday, uh, you had Dalvin Tomlinson, the defensive tackle, sign a two-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings. I thought that was a great signing by them. They now have uh, Pierce and Tomlinson, who weigh, I think, a combined like 650 pounds. So good luck running into that. Uh, one, of the, one of the weirder things that I thought leading up to free agency was – the Kansas city chiefs cutting not one, but both of their tackles. I mean, that just, that doesn't scream like that's a great thing to me, but then they signed, they bring in Joe, Joe Thune uh, from the Patriots. And so while I think he plays the interior offensive line, he he still uh, presents them with some options. I'm sure they have, you know, some combo guards that they could slide out to tackle, or maybe they even want to experiment with playing uh, Thune out at, out at tackle. Uh, or draft somebody that seems like probably where they're going to be headed in the draft. Um, but the, you know, th- these teams I think have all been solid. I thought, I thought another team that did a really nice job was the Tennessee Titans. They signed Bud Dupree yesterday and Danico Autry. Now Bud Dupree is coming off a uh, reconstructive ACL surgery, but had he been healthy, he would have signed for just a ton of money, been out of the, out of the Titans price range in all likelihood. And so the way people heal from ACLs these days is really like, I think a lot safer of a gamble 
than it was 10 years ago. And you're thinking that you're talking about a team and a defense in particular that really struggled without uh, an edge rush. Harold Landry's okay, but he was totally by himself. And the Jadeveon Clowney signing was a disaster. And so they got not one but two guys to help them out off the edge, which is going to make their corners look better. Now, they, they dropped both of their starting corners as well. Malcolm Butler and uh, Adoree Jackson, yeah. both released, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how they replace that because I thought one of the bigger additions that they missed was Logan Ryan when they didn't bring him back to the 2020 team. Just such a solid slot corner and made that team and the defense just a whole heck of a lot better. But I thought the Titans just got so much better today. And I'm it wasn't in- by doing anything crazy. I'm interested to see how that offense still works though losing Corey davis to the jets and johnny smith yeah two two big parts of what they do from the titans perspective though i'll I'll tell you this anthony ferkser plays a whole heck of a lot more than i think ever anybody really ever understood and so i think that it's pretty easy for them to just plug ferkser in now i don't know what their depth is beyond ferkser uh if they have like a third guy because they do like to run a lot of two tight end stuff and so they might have to draft somebody, which is a terrible year for tight ends. Uh, but they, they might they might be signing somebody like a blocking tight end. But uh, I think Ferkser slides right into the Jonu Smith role. I mean, for as good of a player as Jonu Smith was, and how ath- freakish, freakishly athletic he is, you know, he's never really been all that productive of a player. Uh, he he played behind Delaney Walker for you know years, and it was only when they finally got rid of Walker. He started for like, I think this year, maybe last year, uh, but that's pretty much been, been it. Uh, so I, I think with uh, John Smith leaving and who was the other player that you mentioned? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. That's right. Um, I, I think that it's, I don't think that there are huge needs that they necessarily need to fill right away on the team. Uh, Corey Davis presents some challenges because you at least had some threats, right? Like you lost two pass catchers. So what is to stop teams now from just triple covering AJ Brown? Like you need to probably find some compliment to him either down the field as a possession wide receiver, somebody to at least force the defense to pay attention to because nobody's respecting Ferkser and, and nobody's going to respect whoever else they have on the depth chart at you wide out double AJ Brown and load the box to stop Derek. Henry. Absolutely. What else do they have that they can do? So they're probably in need. I mean, it's a good point. Like they're probably in need now of another pass catcher. That'd probably be somewhere you look to on, on draft night, maybe day two, early day three to get like a slot guy or uh, try, try to draft a tight end maybe so, so you can run, you know, your two tight end stuff. Um, you find these diamonds in the rough all the time, especially at positions like tight end. Oh, draft somebody in the fifth round. He's good. You know? So uh, it's certainly possible for them to improve, but I thought that they just did a great job. I mean, what, what hurt them in 2020? It was that defense was not as good as it's been in the last, you know, three or four years. And it's because they just did not have an edge presence at all. And so they got not one but two guys to go with Harold Landry, who I actually think is an okay player. Um, you know, he's drafted in the first round. Maybe he's not producing like you thought he would, but he's a solid starter. So when you get, when you get guys to go with him, I think you'd actually be surprised at how much better that's going to make him next fall. You know, another team I thought – on a similar plane to the Titans and you brought up one of their signings already was the New York Jets. Not the New York Jets just did a great job yesterday in free agency. They signed Corey Davis. 
uh, from the Titans. They signed Carl Lawson from the Bengals. This is a team that franchise tag Marcus May that just doesn't have a lot of like solid starting level players in the building. Like they just don't have many NFL NFLers. Like they even lost Robbie Anderson. They're one good bright spot of 2019. He left and went to the Panthers and he's like the third receiver on the team down there, you know? So like now I feel like they're in a good spot because now all of a sudden you look up and it's okay. Well, now you got Corey Davis, you got Denzel Mims and you got Jamison Crowder in the slot. And you get, you get, you get some, some good beef on the defensive line with, with Carl Lawson, I, I saw they signed, I think, an offensive lineman as well, and that's clearly going to be be a focus of theirs in the draft again. I think that they are likely to, to trade back, I think. Um, it feels like a popular trade back spot. I and You know, actually, it, it feels like they're going to trade back, and you tell me what you what you would do, Tali. i take a quarterback. You know, I, I I've, I've watched a lot more of the guys over the last couple of weeks. You can't tell me. Darnold's better than Zach Wilson. You can't tell me that with a straight face. No. You can't tell me he's better than Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Like he's just not. And so I don't see how you can justify keeping Darnold, but I think, I think Darnold can be a starting level player. So if you don't want to run the offense through the quarterback and you just want to build a solid, solid foundation, but I think this is your last chance to probably get a premier starter at the position because after this, you're not going to be drafting low enough, to, low enough to do it. So, but but I think if they don't, if they if they opted to go with the keep Darnold plan, uh, I think tackle add another one. Like why why not? You got Mackay Beckton last year. Why, let's get another one, and then you just start building the foundation. So I think Joe Douglas. We'll see how Robert Sala is. Uh, I think that they're building the foundation of something really really good in, in New York, and you know that AFC East is slowly starting to become a really deep division when it has been so bad for so long, all of a sudden the bills made the AFC championship. I mean, Robert, Robert Flores is, he's, he's no, he's no slouch. It's Brian Flores, not Robert Flores, the MLB analyst. I do not think it's the first time I made that mistake, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But Brian Flores is no slouch, kind of a badass building a, building a pretty good program. And we'll see what they do with the quarterback position. But uh and then that leaves the Jets, who like it feels like they're going in the right direction. Like Michael Ford's going to run the offense, Robert Sala is going to run the defense. He's going to be the new head coach. Feels like this GM Joe Douglas. He's kind of got it figured out. Took Denzel Mims and Kai Beckton last year. Had some decent, you know, draft picks. They got to get a running back. They got to get some youth in the backfield. I read a stat the other day that Frank Gore had like minus a, like 110 yards based on like expected yards per rush like based on how good the blocking was how many yards did you gain they were like minus over a football field for the year with frank gore back there and i love frank gore future hall of famer he's a lock but uh time to get some use in the backfield i think and uh maybe uh let some of these other guys spin or draft the guy so uh i thought that was interesting you know who else is i think kind of becoming sneaky good here Who's that? Jags. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Well, I'm just, they signed Marvin Jones today. I mean, I will say, at least on the offensive side, you signed Marvin Jones today to go with Chanel and DJ Shark. You have James Robinson in the backfield. You have Tyler Eifert at tight end. Like, you get, you forget about the secret weapon, Keelan Cole. Yeah, you got Keelan Cole. I mean, they got weapons all over. DD Westbrook, (laughs) who's a much better five than he is your one or two. 
Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you draft Trevor Lawrence, number one. All right. Now you have a solid quarterback and then you work on that offensive line. That defense is still pretty solid. They have Miles Jack and those guys over there. So, I mean, they could really flip around that team pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I mean, I kid, but uh, it it is interesting. I mean, they had a lot of money spent. They have a lot of picks. They should be a lot better. So I think the big question mark with them is, you know, can Urban Meyer make it work? I mean, it's, it's, kind of been you know one of the worst franchises historically in the league i don't even think that's a take and you know they, they were just such a fun team they had finally built it up but then the the franchise shows its true colors like it just imploded like a year after it was good and so the, you're gonna get i mean one of the best quarterback prospects i wrote an article for from the 50.com today making the case for and against each of the first each of the top first round quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence, I wrote it in the article. He's the best quarterback prospect I've seen since Andrew Luck. I don't think that's a take either. Like, who who do you put? Like, Burrow? No. You know, like, uh, he is that special. And so I think the big question is, like, like his ability as a prospect cannot be argued. And, it, and we know he's going to Jacksonville. It is yeah. signed, sealed, and delivered. He's theirs. If like, they don't take him, that'll curse that franchise forever, and they will never, ever be good. If they don't take him, I think that the NFL should adopt what the British Premier League does and starts relegating franchises. And we're going to bring the Montreal Alouettes down from Canada, and they're going to be the 32nd NFL franchise. And the Jags are going to go play in Canada for a year because that would be negligence of the highest level to not draft Trevor Lawrence in that spot. Or you spot. completely fire everyone associated with that, move the team to St. Louis and just start over as a whole new franchise. There you go. There you go. We did got to sell the team to them because I think ownership's kind of the issue there as well. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. Uh, like they just completely disappeared to start a new one here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Jaguars are intriguing. I saw that they uh, re-signed Dwayne Smoot. Uh, they got, they got Carlos Brown Hyde. Too. Yep, Malcolm. They traded for Malcolm Brown. They signed a couple of safeties, Jonathan Ford. They signed a uh, Rayshon Jenkins as well. Not big names, but like again, like you're 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 fitting needs. Uh, they they have just been building the foundation so that way they can you know continue to to make picks based on best player available. Of course, you're going to go Trevor Lawrence number one, and then at 33, you're going to get another basic basically first rounder. So. Uh, the, the signing of Marvin Jones, too, I didn't mean to overshadow that. I think that's probably the biggest one they made. Uh, Marvin Jones is an underrated player. I mean, he really is. This is a guy that played with the Cincinnati Bengals as the number two behind A.J. Green. It was really pretty good. I mean, under those Andy Dalton offenses is when he kind of started to shine. And then he took, took the deal with Detroit, went from one bad uh, cat franchise to the other. And... Uh, in Detroit, he was, you know, the uh, the number two to Kennedy Galladay, but posed a ton of problems. I mean, just a, like a lanky guy, stands six foot two, you know, ha- ha- runs good routes, good hands, can go up and grab the ball. Like, that's a great compliment. Like, just exactly what you're saying. Like, a veteran presence to an otherwise pretty young receiving core that has some talent. Like, that's a great way to bring along a veteran quarterback to try to help the wide receivers grow. Uh, so... I thought Jacksonville did a solid job. Um, and you know what? No one else. Tampa. I don't know how Tampa's keeping everybody, but kudos, kudos to them for finding a way because they found out a way to sign Levante David. They did not 
franchise tag Shaquille Barrett. They franchise tag Godwin, and then they still worked out the deal four years, sixty-eight million to keep Shaquille Barrett. And I was thinking, under no circumstances can you let Barrett walk. Uh, he's way too good of a pass rusher. And they find out a way to keep him. And uh, you know, I think that that the, the way that they're able to keep the band together. I mean, Gronk's coming back, Levante David's coming back, Godwin's coming back, Barrett's coming back. They're keeping the team together, and they're going to be really, really tough next year. For sure. It also just came across. It looks like Buffalo just signed Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, so another There's weapon their, for Josh Allen. That's the John Brown replacement right there. There's no money released yet. No money released. Yeah, I was, I was hoping that they the, would kind they of give take, you the years. I think it's just a one year deal. Okay. I was hoping that hmm. they were going to uh, get either Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones. Like Marvin Jones didn't really sign for that much. I would think the Bills could have afforded him two years, 14 and a half million. Marvin like, Jones or Kenny Galladay? For Marvin Jones, it was two years, 14 and a half million. That definitely would have been doable. So, uh, you, you know who I can't really under understand why he hasn't been signed yet. And maybe it's like a money thing, but Kenny Galladay is an unbelievable wideout. A and lot of the wide receivers have had a slow market here and haven't signed yet. Yes. That has certainly been the slowest position by far, but Galladay's at the top of it. And, uh, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't signed. And, and maybe that's part of the reason it's been a slow market. I mean, the top of the market always goes first, right? So if there's right. four or five teams interested in Galladay, they don't want to, until he signs, nobody's going to sign somebody else. So uh, I, I've seen Galladay linked pretty heavily to the, to the, to the New York Giants, uh, but, but he's a guy that, like, I'd have no problem giving him a ton of money. I mean, he is a true one. Like, I, I look at him in the same vein as Allen Robinson, who didn't get a second contract with his first team. Like, he's every bit as good, you know, to be a one. He's a top 20 receiver in the NFL. And uh, I think he's going to make a, a receiver needy team pretty happy. I don't think that you can really go wrong giving him a big contract. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys like you look up in two years and you're like, God damn, why did we do that? You know, uh, so uh, what, let's get to the quarterbacks, Tolly, because not very big moves, but moves that I think are telling. And there are three that appear in my mind. The first is Andy Dalton to the Bears. <laughs> and when this happened, I, I, you know, I'm from Illinois. I have a lot of Bears fans that are friends, and uh, they were all on the Russell Wilson hype train and Deshaun Watson too, but more recently Russell Wilson because of the rumors and the little bullshit list he came out with. And uh, when they signed Andy Dalton, I was cracking up at work. I was literally like laughing to myself like a maniacal psychopath at my desk laughing at all the memes and all yeah. how mad everybody was that they had signed the red rifle to one year's $10 million, basically shutting the door on a, another QB because they, they already have Nick Foles under contract. <laughs> so they're going to be paying their backup. I believe, I don't know if they restructured Foles or what he makes. I'm pretty sure Foles makes more than 10 mil. It's like 17 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. So they're paying and their backup about double what they're going to be paying their starter and boy oh boy i mean you feel for bears fans like well they're last even year, as a packers fan the report you just do. the report is that last year they were trying to decide do we go with nick Foles or andy dalton and they chose nick Foles. they could have had andy dalton last year 
that's negligible yeah. to, to choose Foles over Dalton even last year. I mean, I know hindsight's everything, but that was a terrible choice. I mean, Andy Dalton, for what it's worth, I mean, I know he's getting a lot of – he's getting it, – the sign is catching a lot of flack, as it rightfully should. Yeah. I mean, you're in a year in which you're all going to get fired if you don't make the playoffs. They're going to blow the team up. And is you he, decided Andy Dalton was going to be the guy that you were going to roll into the year with. Is he really any better than what Mitch Trubisky is? No. I, I don't no, think so No, I, I thought you were going to say Nick Foles, and I would say significantly. But yes. with uh, with Trubisky, I think they do different things. I think Andy Dalton gives you some advantages that Mitch just simply doesn't. Like I, th- I think in a vacuum, Andy's a better player than Mitch. But like with Mitch, you get more mobility. You get the possibility that he improves. Uh, you know, he, he's you know, he's still just two years in Nagy's offense. Uh, I, I think he pretty much is what he is at this point. But he, he's also been injured at times too. Didn't get a full season last year. So I, I think that there's certain things about Mitch. Like it's obviously like very low cost opportunity. You know, like it's not going to cost you a lot. Uh, you can get him on the roster. Like, I don't know what Foles contract situations like to cut, like what the dead caps like. I haven't checked, but I would have tried to get out from under that and maybe had brought back Mitch on a cheap deal and had him and Dalton battle it out. That makes more sense to me. But Dalton in a vacuum, I don't think is a bad player. I think he's just like bottom third, but a starting level yeah. player. I mean, he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Ryan got Fitzpatrick's- the Bengals to the playoffs, like. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick's more of a meme, but like Dalton's just as good of a football player, in my opinion. You know, so uh, and like you said, th- those Bengals teams absolutely rolled people in the regular season. They could just never get it done in the postseason. But Dalton had that had those teams looking incredible. Who's throwing the passes? The Red Rifle was. So uh, I don't think it's like that embarrassing of a signing out of context. But it's like then you place everything into context, and that's when it just becomes such a joke. And if I was a Bears fan, I'd be so livid. Like, like I, I don't blame my friends at all. I even almost feel bad for them because this is such a joke. Like, if you're going to roll into this season with Andy Dalton in this roster, you're no better than the Vikings are, I don't think. You're better off than the Lions, but, like, you're on the same tier, I think, as Minnesota. And Minnesota, like, let's be real. Minnesota's got at least Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith's going to come along and be the starter now that Kyle Rudolph's gone. They got some pieces, and their head coach, I think, has proven a whole hell of a lot more than Matt Nagy has. So to even suggest that they're better than them, let alone that they're better than the Packers, who has Aaron Rodgers and has been to -to back-to-back NFC title games, like in a year where basically it's win the division or everybody's heads roll, I just think that it's so bad that Ryan Pace and them end up rolling with Dalton because – I, I know it doesn't totally shut the door. I, I wouldn't think on potentially trading the farm to get, you know, Russ or Deshaun, but uh, I think financially it's going to be just basically impossible. Well, and this looks bad for Russ because now he's down to the Raiders, isn't he? Because the yeah, Saints which I got always... Jamison, Taysom Hill back. and Well, and, and that's the thing too. Like, and I said this on the pod, that list was bullshit. Like oh, it, yeah. the, the Raiders were the only spot that even made a, a smidgen of sense because Chicago can't offer Seattle anything. What is Chicago offering that Seattle's accepting? You're also Three first round picks trade Russell Wilson in conference. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind necessarily trading him in conference as much as like, cause I mean, it's, if as long as it's out of the division, 
I mean, yeah, I guess ideally you'd like to trade him to an AFC team. Yeah. But I guess that's my point. It's like, what can the Bears offer? Three first-round picks and a defensive player? There's seven other teams that are going to offer that. So, like, I want a quarterback back. The, you know, the, the Cowboys couldn't – I guess the Cowboys could offer it, but they were always going to re-sign Dak. Dak was their first priority. And then you look at uh, the Saints. Like, say, what, they're going to trade James Winston, Taysom Hill? <laughs> like, so what do the Saints have to offer? Their first-round draft picks are going to be even worse because they actually have a really good roster. And so the Oakland Raiders were really the only team that ever made sense to me because Derek Carr, I'd put in that, you know, kind of tier with Kirk Cousins and some of the other guys where I think it at least you could get Derek Carr back and build a, build a good team around him, not the most expensive starter in, in the world. And you could kind of roll with that. But uh, yeah, the, that his little list was always, you know, Little, little dumb to me, but uh, the the other signing was Ryan Fitzpatrick that I wanted to talk about, and then James Winston. Um, Fitzy goes to uh, his ninth NFL team. He's going to go to the Washington football team. So they now have uh, Taylor Heineke and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick under contract. I don't think this shuts the door on them at all go, going on to potentially draft the guy uh, because both those quarterbacks are just so cheap. Heineke is like I mean, he could be your third third string. Uh, so yeah. uh, Fitzy will be the starter there until further notice, I would think. Um, and then down in New Orleans, Jameis signs, uh, and he's going to be the guy. I think they're going to have a quarterback battle. That's kind of what it sounds like. So uh, we'll see uh, who wins that one. I can't imagine Jameis doesn't. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I don't know, dude. I feel like what? Taysom Hill has like – Taysom's making a lot make... more money than what Jameis is this year. I, 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 well, wasn't his contract like all voidable though? Oh, so like incentive-based? It's basically team options. So they can – each year they basically get a choice of if they want to void what's left. But so basically he I still saw... had a lot of signing bonus money that got converted over. He's making so I, pretty good money this year. I basically saw that they had worked his deal. Like he was going to be the starter. And that way, if he does the framework for his new deal would be in place and they wouldn't yeah. have to mess with it. But uh, I'd anticipate with Jameis. I just, I don't know how you roll into an NFL year and be like, Taysom Hill's our guy. <laughs> I just, I don't know how you do that. And I like Taysom Hill, but it's like, and they'll probably win some games. Like I can see him going like nine and seven with Taysom Hill, but like to just to do that, I don't know. That just seems, that seems negligible. Like you want to talk about drafting Jordan love when Aaron Rodgers is 36. Fine. It's better than what the saints are doing yeah. because I, I can't get behind that. Like that, that's, that's just procrastination and kicking the can down the road at the highest level. Like you, you had all these years to jump up in the draft and get Jordan love and get one of these late first-round QBs and mold and develop a guy. You knew it's not as though Drew Brees' age was some secret, and he actually played for a pretty long time. And so now it's finally gotten to the point where now you're just street-free agents everyone is what you're also, using to replace a Hall of Famer. Everyone also seemed to forget when he said before the year even started, like him and NBC kind of came out and said he was going to NBC. He was going to call – Notre Dame games and then move into Sunday night football and everyone's like, oh, yeah. he's not retiring. They all seem surprised. I'm like, no, they said this a year ago. Hey, I, yeah, it, I, I'm with you, Tally. Like, I had Jordan Love mocked to the Saints last year, and I can't believe they didn't take quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, even the year before, they traded up with the Packers to get uh, Davenport, the edge rusher. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, the, the other big you know, quarterback thing was uh, 
Matt Ryan got a restructured deal. And basically from what I had read and you know, it's not significant in terms of like Matt Ryan, but like, here's the reason why it is. I had basically read that in his contract details, it basically makes him uncuttable next year, which to me signals that they're out of the quarterback business at pick number four, which is significant news uh, because they were liable to take somebody there. So I got to get more details on, on, on the deal. If that is really what it means, or if they could still take a guy, but uh, basically seems like he's going to be around. He converted 21 million of salary into bonus, which cleared 14 million of cap space for the Falcons this year. For this year, but I think basically what it does it probably is just it makes pushes him, it back. I think his dead cap is like astronomical next year. Yeah. And so it basically makes it so you can't get rid of him. And so what that says to me is that you can't really cut him now. Or do you take you like can't a draft tra- the guy? Well, you could take Trey Lance at number four. I mean, the guy only has played a couple games at the FCS level anyway. He sits this year. And maybe either you have an expensive backup next year, or you give him two years to sit and then play him. How many years See, did Aaron yeah, Rodgers sit before I, he finally got in? Like, I think I think that more teams need to adopt that philosophy. I really do, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's a little unrealistic because just because yeah, you're asking. I think he's basically sitting multiple years at this point, uh, which again isn't a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. I, I texted a friend yesterday. I said, ideally, I'm never starting a rookie quarterback ever, ever. If yeah. I'm starting a rookie quarterback, I have problems. Because you're, if you're starting a rookie QB, you can already basically book it that you're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's just yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, that's, I think, all the big news for today. Did we uh, miss anything, Tally, or can we wrap uh, this thing up? The only other one I didn't know if you'd want to touch on is Jacoby Brissett finally leaving the Colts. He just signed with the Dolphins. One year, $7.5 million to so compete it, uh with- to compete with Tua. And that's another, I did want to touch on that. Uh, That's similar to the Matt Ryan. I think it puts the dolphins out of the quarterback business at three. I think the dolphins more so than the Falcons at four are now out of the quarterback business at three. I mean, you got Brissett and Tua, two very solid options. Uh, Whereas this, the Falcons, while they did restructure Matt, they still just have the one option. So uh, I think that the dolphins out of the QB business at three is very interesting. Cause now it's like, that's a trade back spot. Do the Eagles want to come up? Does somebody want to come up and jump the Falcons? Uh, what, what happens at that third spot? Do they draft Jamar Chase? Do they draft Kyle Pitts? Do they draft Panay Sewell? They got a lot of options there. So uh, and very interesting. Flores and Brissett were both at the Patriots together at one point too. So there's a little bit That's of familiarity right. there. So uh, I'm glad that the, the, that the Dolphins are going to stick it out with Tua. And it sounds like he, he should be the day one starter at least. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the, the guy should have sat all of last year, the, them bringing him in for Fitzpatrick when they did, when the team was playing well, was always a weird move. And then the fact that he didn't have them as much success coming off of the hip. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? He was not fully healthy. He pushed it to get ready for that season and you threw him into the wolves in a spot where you didn't have to. I mean, it's one thing if you're and six, the franchise is just down the tubes, but the team was having success and they started them against the Rams first, first game. The guy's got Aaron Donald breathing down his neck every time a game. They did win. They housed the Rams. I do remember that game very well. I remember TJ being pissed because <laughs> he had taken the Rams that day and cough was just getting lit up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, very interesting. I it's, it's also, and we'll cover this more next week. 
we just got to the day one guys and uh, there will be more fallout, more deals to be signed. Um, so we will get to that all next week. Uh, but uh, for this week, I think that's going to do it for our show. Uh, we do want to give a shout out to Ace Wild at 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. We are presented by Book It Sports, but head on out to uh, 208 North Main Street to head on over to Ace's Wild. They got another TV, as TJ mentioned. It's a good spot to hang out, have some drinks, uh, and just, you know, shoot the shit. So uh, head on out to 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. And also hit us up on our text line, 904-990-3850, 904-990-3850. And I believe the 38 is FT50, so like from the 50. So it's 904-990-FT50 to uh, leave a voicemail or a text. So um, please do that. And thank you so much for making us a part of your week. Tell you got any closing thoughts? Uh, just everyone go download the book at sports app. They just released book at sports U as well. So if you're a college student, yes, go that's right. Check that out. They're giving away a couple Great thousand promotion. dollars in prizes during March madness. I know they've got a tournament promotion. bracket group going on and all kinds of stuff this month. So yeah, you can win some money. You can win some money. It's not, I mean, it's going to be like kind of hard, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, you can do it. It's like, it's not one of those things where it's like, we're going to give away a car to one out of 9 million people. It's like, what's the point? You got a chance to to win some money with some solid March madness picks. So head on over, make your picks, be a part of it, get in in on the action. So uh, that'll do it for us here on the show. Thank you again so much for making us a part of your week. And we will see you next time for now though, for Nick Tolly, I'm Zach Zook. This has been the from the 50 midweek review.